Hi everyone, just wanted to let everyone know that in this episode we will be talking about drug use, child abuse and suicide. Just wanted to give everyone a pre-warning as it is a really tough subject to talk about and listen about, but we do hope you enjoy our episode on the family. Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Better Watch Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick. And I'm Celeste. And as always, we are here to talk about everything horror. And true crime. Can't forget about them true crimes. No, no, no. Back for 2023. Exciting. It's so weird to say 2023. It is. Like, we still write 2022. Well, you did when we went to the shops the other day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was a bit funny. But anyway, back for the new year. And yeah, that's it really. That's all we can say. We hope everyone had a good holidays and New Year's. Yes. Um, what are we talking about today? We are talking about a true crime very close to home for us. Very close. In uh, Melbourne, Australia. Yes. So over the break, we were flicking through Netflix trying to find something to watch and came across this new documentary that was in like the top 10 for Australia or whatever, and it was this documentary called The Cult. What was it? The Cult of the Family. The Cult of the Family. Yeah. So it was like this three-episode documentary about, yeah, this cult that was called The Family. So we watched it, and as soon as we started it, we were like, this needs to be the topic for the first episode back. Yeah, we couldn't pass this up. There was no way we were passing this up. And I feel like the only other time we talked about an Aussie true crime was our very first episode with Wolf Creek when we were Wolf Creek and Ivan Malat. Yeah. And then we never really got around to doing another Aussie true crime story. But yeah, we had to talk about this crazy, crazy lady, Anne Hamilton Byrne. And she just... Ever. Her whole life was kind of crazy, to be honest. Yeah, which we'll go through. Yeah. And it's, oh, it's just the way she treated these kids and what happened when, if you watch the doco series, how they reflect on their lives after the family, it's just blows your mind. Yeah. Like I was, well, I missed out on watching it. You watched it with your sister. Yeah. Um, and I watched it by myself because I couldn't sit there and watch it because true crime for me, I get very uncomfortable. Yeah, very because quickly. it's real life. Yes. And I hate it. <laughs> As I always say, like I just, I just sit there like, how can someone do this to someone else? It just makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, when I was watching it by myself, I was just eyes open, jaw, like hitting the floor of what this woman was doing yeah and not only her all of her followers as well yeah it was like everyone's in on this shit kind of situation yeah and this being cult shit this is all you like this yeah you love this yeah so let's talk about what is the family okay so the family was a cult that was active between well, heavily active between 1963 and 1987 it's still rumored that it's kind of 
technically still active like today um, if any of the followers are still alive because a lot of her followers like still like believed in her and didn't think she ever did anything wrong. Yeah, because they believed that she was the reincarnation of Jesus Christ. Literally. They just Which we'll, we'll get more into. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so it was uh, founded by Anne Hamilton Byrne and it was with support from her husband, Bill. Um, and, yeah, as I said before, it was the um, family was located just outside of Melbourne here in Australia. Um, so what would happen is is that Anne and her followers, they would forge adoption papers for newborn babies. So she was technically the mother of these babies and there was 20 plus yeah, children. Yeah, and she would like claim that like all of them were hers to then like only eight of them she birthed, which that wasn't the case. And it was kind of impossible because at some of the points where the kids would be born, she was like 55 years old and like had had a hysterectomy, now, which means that this your part, insides are gone. This part <laughs> broke my heart like when I was watching it, like – what was it, in the 50s, 60s, and was it the 70s as well? Yeah. Single mothers couldn't be parents. So they would give birth to these children that would end up going to this family. But the way that they would birth them was the doctors would put like a pillowcase or a bag over the head because if they saw the babies, they get too attached and it'd be way too harder. Yeah, to... so they'd just rip the babies away from them. That's, I, I hate that. And like to think that's like what? 80 no not 80 years sorry my maths is terrible like 50 years ago 50 years ago that still happens and it's yeah it's just it's heartbreaking yeah like i was sitting there like this is bullshit like imagine if that happened nowadays oh i don't think anyone would let that happen now no like and to think some of these i feel like when they were talking in the documentary like we'll talk about one specifically roland he's like I didn't even know who my mother was. Yeah, because like, they didn't. No one believed. And because the, like, birth certificates were never properly filled out, so later down the track these kids could never find who their real birth parents were because there was no record of who they could be. That's just – it's – as I said, it's really heartbreaking. Like, obviously, in Roland's word in the documentary, he's like, a baby just wants their mother. Yeah. And that's 100% true. Yeah. Like, everyone wants to have their mum and know who she is and be around her. Yeah. And to have, what, 28 kids? Yeah, it was something like that. There was never, like, a definitive number that I could find in researching the total number of kids that this happened to. Yeah. And then here's another point, like, how she would dye all the children's hair to make them look like each other, like, very similar. So, yeah, they were all dyed their hair blonde and... Like the Aryan race when the Nazis were in power. Yeah, blonde and hair, blue eyes. She even got interviewed by someone and she's like, no, I don't believe in that bullshit. And it's like, you were so crazy that you don't see what you're doing. Yeah, like, but that happens it, to a lot of people. I said it when we, you were watching it. I walked in yeah. when you and your sister were watching it and I was like, they look like the Aryan race. And I was like, oh, I didn't look at it that way, but now I do. Because <laughs> it, it, back in there, it was, you had to be German. Blonde hair, blue eyes, athletic, like you had to be the best of the best. Yeah. And she's basically done that. Yeah, making her own race. <laughs> it's, oh, as I said, it just blows my mind. And to think when we talk about it later on, how she got dementia and none of this will ever be 
like, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, it won't be... No one will have fulfillment that she got what she deserved. Yeah, because she just doesn't remember what she did. No, she will never... Well, she passed away in 2019. Yeah, but, but she when she got dementia, she couldn't remember anything. No, and like... For that, I feel like it's a bit of karma she got dementia because, like, fuck you for what you did. But at the same time, it's like now we'll never get the justice that... All these kids deserved. All these kids deserved. Yeah. So, yeah, the followers as well um, would all be called, like, auntie and uncle. Like, it was, like, a tight-knit community, I guess. And, like, there was, like, multiple houses sort of close by where these children would live. And there'd be like 10 of them in a house with all of these aunties and uncles. Um, and yeah, so basically, yeah, Anne would say that she is the reincarnation of Jesus Christ. Um, and they were also told that one day the world's going to end, but all of these people in this cult, they'll take over the world once it collapses and they will be like the higher power. Aryan race, basically. Basically. Basically, the Aryan race. Um, so let's get into a bit more about Anne. Um, so she was born in 1921 um, and her name was actually Evelyn Grace Victoria Edwards and she later changed her name to Anne. And so in 1941, so she was only 20 when she married her first husband, Lionel, and he passed away in a car accident while they were days away from finalising an adoption. Yeah. And so as we previously said, single women could not be mums so that adoption fell through and went a bit cray cray got plastic surgery dyed her hair looks completely different and then that's what began this obsession with adopting children yeah that's well that could break anyone really yeah that would destroy anyone like what was it that Lionel moved to Sydney because he was a car salesman or something yeah and as she was moving up to Sydney to go meet him. He dies in a car accident. Like, that would break anyone. Yeah. But it just broke her a different way. Yeah. Like, she just went off the rails. Yeah. So, yeah, she was a bit bit crazy in that aspect. So, during this time, she wasn't actually really looking after the children. It was all the aunties looking after them and she was basically overseeing. So all of this abuse, because they were abused, sadly, yeah, um, happened by the auntie's hand. Yeah. So poor these poor children, so they were drugged with LSD and would like get experiments kind of done on them because the followers were all from different industries in like where they worked. So like heaps of them were doctors, psychiatric people, like in the police force, in the government, like they had really high contacts. Yeah. They had friends in higher powers yeah. in high places, as it was said in the documentary from the kids who sadly, like they're still living with this trauma. Cause I know some of them committed suicide cause they yeah. couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. So Yeah, they all grew up thinking that Anne and Bill were their parents. Um, And then in 1987, one of the kids, after a beating, managed to escape and managed to run to a neighbor's house and said, can you please call the police? Like, and because I think she, she was like a teenager by that point. So she knew what was happening wasn't right. Yeah. And needed help. Going back to Bill... Wasn't Anne took her away from 
her his wife. Because wasn't he married before he met Anne? Um, I have a feeling this was in the documentary that Bill was married to someone else when he met Anne. And, and then, then he left. Anne was like... I'm telling Jesus the, Christ. Come yeah, with me. Basically. <laughs> and he was telling Bill's wife that like, he's mine. You should stop trying. Like all this type of shit to the point where Bill uh, and eventually ended up leaving said wife to be with Anne. Do I don't you, know. I don't remember that part. Oh, well, I, I would. It was in that part because I remember. But the honestly, wife, that's not on Anne. That's on Bill. Yeah, Bill's as much of a dickhead as Anne is. Yeah. But yeah, I remember. There's a part in the documentary. It's like the second episode, I think, and they talk about like how his then ex-wife was in hospital, and because all the doctors were part of the, the family, the cult. Mm. And like came in and said, you should stop trying. He's mine now. And you know it. I really don't remember that. Wow. There was, a, it's a very hard documentary to like. Yeah. Watch. It kind of bounces around. Like it'll say one thing and then we'll bounce further and it'll into go the year. Like to now and back then and talk about all these different things. And yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that I distinctly. Okay. Is that a word? Distinctly. That's the one I'm looking for. Remember that happening. And I was just sitting there like, fuck, how could you do that? Well, Bill's a dickhead. Yeah, Bill is a dickhead. But he was the nicer one out of the two, wasn't he? Yeah, well, he wasn't really around much because he would always be out and traveling for work and things like that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so back to Sarah escaping. Yes. Calling the police. So that night the police raided um, one of the homes in Lake Eildon um, and rescued the remaining children that were in the house. So I think there was eight kids in that house, including Sarah. So then all the investigations started from then on and it really ramped up in 1988, which then they raided all of the other properties it resulted in the prosecution and conviction of eight women, like the aunties, for social security fraud because of these forged adoption papers and birth certificates and things like that. Yeah. Um, and then in 1995, Sarah, who was the girl that escaped, um, she published a book called Unseen, Unheard, Unknown, My Life in the Family of Anne Hamilton Byrne. Um, and she went on to do some amazing things. Like yeah, she, became she became a doctor, travelled like overseas um, to help those less fortunate, which was really nice. Yeah. But unfortunately she passed away, was it 2016? 2016 she passed away from an unspecified cause that was the result of uh, health complications from a attempted suicide in yeah. 2008. Because after we had watched the documentary... I saw on YouTube there was a 60-minute interview with Carl Stefanovic. Aussies will know who that is. <laughs> he interviewed Anne and a follower. Michael. Michael with Sarah in the background. And I was like, oh, she's missing one leg. And you learn that because of her attempted suicide, she had to get her leg amputated. And watching that interview was just as hard because she she's like they're trying to say and protect everyone that was in the family and speak up for them while michael's like just standing there like 
you, how much are you getting paid to do this? Like, I know you're lying. That book was you wrote was full of bullshit. Yeah, like, and we she did. was like, Michael, you were there to watch us get beaten. And he goes, nah, it's like all in your head. It never happened. Yeah, which we'll go into further detail after we go through the rest of our notes that we have here because there is heaps to unpack. Yeah, so Bill passed away in 2001. And yes. then in 2004 was when um, Anne entered a um, aged care facility diagnosed with dementia. Um, and then in 2017, there was another documentary um, published and it was shown like in cinemas everywhere, like here and across the world um, by Chris Johnson and Rosie Jones. Yep. And then in 2019, Anne Hamilton Byrne passed away. She was 97 and it was three months after this documentary that we found um, was released. Yes. Oh, it's just like that's a quick rundown of what everything was. Yeah. So to go into further detail, like these kids were beaten for even wet in the bed. Like yeah. at a young age. Yeah. if Like everyone wets the bed when you're like a toddler, when you're yeah. learning to toilet train. Yes. And... I remember in the documentary, one of them, like, we would call them, like, zebras or zebras, whatever you want to say, <laughs> whatever it is, because they'd have bruises from where belt lashings would be. And it's just it's just hard to just sit there and be like, how could they let this happen? But I know the detective on it, Lex DeMan, which, what a, what a name, <laughs> what a name. He's like, he just didn't have any... Like any evidence, he knew what was going on. But yeah, he's just but like, there was no proof of any of it. I've got nothing, so I can't like do anything about it. And it wasn't until Sarah left the the family and police got called that he was like, "All right, I've got you now." Yeah, because before she'd escaped and called the police, there was like rumors about what was happening in this area. Like, because because there's neighbors around, you can you can hear some shit. Yeah. But you can't prove anything. And police were called out multiple times before that to do investigations, even um, like the, oh, what are they called? It's like the education minister or something. Yeah. Um, I don't they know were what it's called. called. Yeah, they were called out so that they could say that this facility was like a school so that they could be homeschooled. Yeah, talking about the homeschooling part, like after they had left the family and they became adults, like one of them was like, I couldn't trust any other adult. I didn't know how to act around adults. One was like, I didn't even know how to cross the road. Well, they hadn't, like they didn't get to go out into society until they were rescued. Yeah. And a lot of them, like the oldest ones, they were like 16, 17, even 18. Yeah. Not knowing what to do. So sadly, a lot of them did commit suicide. Yeah. Because they just couldn't assimilate to society. While Anne's just sitting there, like, not even remembering. Yeah, which a lot of, like, that there was, what, six of the kids that were interviewed for the documentary? Yes. And a lot of them, they're like, look, no matter what happened, they were like, we still have this love for them, like Anne and Bill, because... They, we grew up thinking that they were our parents and yeah, sure. They weren't around for the bad things that were happening. So maybe they didn't even know what the aunties and uncles were doing to us. Maybe not, but. But that, it just shows that that mentality of like brainwashing that is still there. Yeah. All these years later. I remember one of them 
saying she was getting married and this was just when Anne had fled to America or something to escape police, but they got her in America and she had just come back to Australia to be prosecuted and stuff. And she still wanted Bill to walk her down the aisle because she didn't have a father. Yeah, he was her father figure. And Anne and Bill were at the wedding. Yeah. Like she's like, I still wanted to be walked down the aisle by my father. So I asked Bill to do it and he said yes. Yeah. And speaking on Bill, he is also a bit of a shitty person. Um, So one of the kids, his name was Roland. He changed it to Adam. So throughout all of this, like the prosecution, the court trials, like everything, he stuck by them. Like you can even see in like the footage from like news outlets, like filming, he's there with them, walking them out of the courtroom, like down the steps. And he said that he did it because he loved them. Because I was like sitting there like he's talking about how the family used to, again, beat him, give him LSD. I think he said he remember getting LSD for the first time at eight years old. Yeah. Um, And I'm just sitting there like, how are you still so loyal? Like throughout this whole thing, I'm just seeing you be so loyal even into your teenage years, young adult years. Yeah. Like what's going on? And then you get into like the third episode, I think, and he goes, because I was so loyal, Bill promised me in his will that I'd get 50 grand yeah. of his money after he passes away. And then you're like, okay, now I understand why. Well, he didn't stick around for that. He didn't know that, that he, he did it because he was loyal. Yeah. Oh, he it wasn't didn't know. A, no, he, he, he didn't know that he was going to get money to be loyal. Oh, he, he just was. He and just then was. after it all, Bill was like, because you've shown loyalty, I'll reward you. Oh, okay. Which he did not do. No, Bill passed away and Roland got absolutely nothing. nothing. Yeah. And then, because so a lot of these, uh, a lot of the kids, sure, they didn't know who their birth mother was um, or birth father, but through the help of the police, they were trying their best to track down who they could be. So like who showed like in their medical history, who was a single mum at between this day and this day and who could have possibly given birth at the hospital, like, and had their baby taken away, whatever. But some of these mums were actually some of the aunties. Yeah. So like they're watching their child grow up thinking that this other woman is their mother. That's fucking crazy. So, yeah. And so this guy, Roland, when he figured out that one of the aunties was his mum, he said that she was actually a normal, like once they figured it out and, you know, they started having a relationship and that was kind of his only link to the family. Yeah. And then once she passed away, um, he cut all ties. He was like, that was, he was like, that was my only link. I'm getting the heck out now because, like, she cared about him, like, physically and emotionally. Even when he was a kid, like, she would try to protect him from, like, all the beatings and things like that, which he didn't realise until now. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it's just a lot of of sadness. Oh, 100%. Just, I I can't believe this happened in our own backyard. Like, it it was Lake Ilden. Yeah, around Lake Ilden. Which is, like, two hours away from Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah, I just, you just sit there in amazement. Well, not really amazement. It, it kind of is like because you're just baffled. Yeah. At how people could do this to children. Kids, yeah. Like they were just, what, from the ages, well, from birth to 
teenage years. They were just beating them, giving them drugs. Yeah. So, yeah, in, in one part of the documentary they said um, that – so they'd given them some LSD um, or, like, they'd, they'd do it like a one-on-one type of situation. So it would be one kid strapped to a chair, drugged up, and then as they're sort of coming to after – like sort of starting to become high, they said that like Anne would kind of appear in the doorway and they'd use like dry ice and make her look like she's got this glow like she is like Jesus Jesus. Christ. Like who even thinks of that? Like I just I don't understand. I don't understand either. It just makes zero sense as to how someone could have the mentality to do this and have like all these followers be like, Doing the same thing, probably even more hardcore than what Anne was. Yeah, because she was just like the leader overseeing it all. Yeah, basically. Oh. Yeah, and then, yeah, sort of after all this happened and I think she, Anne and Bill only got like... They got slap on the wrist. Yeah. This is what I said to you. (laughs) Our justice system is the weakest thing I think I've ever seen. Yeah. It's so, I think so, they got like a three-month prison sentence, but it was with time served. So it ended up just being like a $5,000 fine or So something. basically a slap on the wrist yeah. for abusing all these fucking kids. Yeah. That's weak. That's fucking weak as piss. Yeah. I will wholeheartedly stand here and say like it's even the same for when men rape women. They get a slap on the fucking wrist. Yeah. Doing nothing. Like it's bullshit. Fucking it's bullshit. Yeah, but that's the thing. They weren't even charged with the abuse of the kids. It was on the fraud side of things for forging government documents. Or the abortion. Oh, not abortion, sorry. Adoption. Adoption. I used... I'm just mad right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm furious and I'm twisting my words. It's okay. And, I knew what you meant. Oh, it's just... It fucking annoys the shit out of me of how the justice system in Australia can just let this happen. Yep. But I mean, I get it from like a legal point of view is that like you don't have the evidence, like you don't have the evidence, so no. you can't prosecute them. No, can't do anything whatsoever. And like seeing Lex in the documentary cry about it every time he talks about it, like knowing they should have been put away for what they yeah. did, but he just, there was no evidence on anything. Yeah. And a lot of the police officers and detectives at the time, even during the investigation, they had to step away from this case in particular because it was like they were getting too invested in it. Yeah. So talking about that, like when they found the kids after raiding the houses, they like put them in houses together still while the police were looking after them. Yeah. And they were just getting so attached to the kids that they were like, I need to step away. They were taking personal leave, sick leave. Like their mental health was just gone because they're just sitting here listening to these kids talk because weren't they having the one-on-ones about what happened to them? Yeah. Like the, um, uh, like, like an interrogation interview type thing. Yeah. And they were just like, how could someone do this? And just lost it they were like i can't do it anymore like they were leaving the task force that was that got put together to capture Anne and stop the family from what they were doing yeah oh it just breaks my heart and why i probably could never be a police officer ever yeah i'd get too attached yeah oh i don't know what more you could say about this it's just heartbreaking really yeah and it just like 
it's nice to know that a lot of them good has come from it. Like they've, they've gone on and done amazing things. Like one of them started this like foundation to help like abuse children. And a lot of them have like had kids of their own and yeah, had to that like was- overcome and break the cycle because they've grown up knowing and doing things a particular way. Yeah. Thinking that like that's what a mum is, but then becoming sort of young adults realizing that's not what a mum is. So they've had to flip it and be like, no, like I, I have to break the cycle here. And like, I think one of them, it took six weeks or something for her, like to finally get a connection with her baby. Yeah. Cause she's like, I couldn't look at him. I could, well her, I can't remember if it was a boy or a yeah. girl. I don't think she said, I don't think she said either. Um, but she's like, yeah, I couldn't be attached to them. And then I rem- she says, I remember because I called my father and I said, I finally did it. I've attached to my child. Yeah. And you could just see the smile and the tears on her face coming. Yeah. And like, it's heartbreaking that it took that long, but it was, as you said, it was so like pleasing and joyous to hear that they went on to have their own families and they went on to do bigger and better things even after all that had happened to yeah, them. Yeah, like they could have become like the worst people imaginable and just let all the badness sort of continue in their lives, but they've gone the other way. Yeah, good on them, really. Yeah. Like props to you. Like I probably couldn't have done that. Like if anything like that had happened to me in my life, I'd probably... Like, I couldn't handle that. They are stronger. They're the strongest people I think I know. Well, don't know personally, obviously, but like. Know of. Know of now. Yeah. Like, they are the strongest people ever. Yeah. And that is the family and Anne Hamilton Byrne. Like, obviously, we'd love to hear everyone else's point of view about this. If they've seen the documentary, I highly recommend watching it. It's, it, it's on Netflix in Australia right now. And I think on ABC as well. It's on because ABC. Because it's an ABC like funded yeah. documentary. Yeah. Um, I don't know where it is in other places in the world. It's probably on YouTube or something somewhere. Yeah. But if you can find it, watch it and definitely watch that 60 minute interview of just Anne and the follower Michael. Yeah. Just denying everything. Just denying everything that happened. I don't know if she had dementia at that point. But it doesn't matter. Doesn't Either matter. Way. Like just watching them deny everything and being like, "I'm, I was the best mother to them. Like I was the best they were ever going to get." And you're like, "No, you're not. You were this psychotic bitch that just ruined everyone's life." Yeah. And even led half of them to kill themselves. Yeah, because they just couldn't go on living after trying to cope with what you did to them. Yeah, basically. Well. Anyway, that is it from us. As always, you can follow us on our socials at Instagram at Better Watch Horror Pod. Yep. And on Twitter, uh, official BWH Pod. Yep. And TikTok is BWH Pod. Oh, gosh, I can't remember. Give me a second. We need It's to. been a while. <laughs> it has been a while. The two weeks, it's been a long two weeks. <laughs> We've been thinking about coming back. We are so excited that we are back. We have missed this. It was so much fun for the first four months and we can't wait to see what a whole year of this could do. I was right. So Twitter is official BWH pod and TikTok is BWH pod. Awesome. And obviously our YouTube channel, Better Watch Horror. Yeah. If you want to check that out, please, it would mean the world to us. We post every 
second week on there. Yeah. So we do a podcast and then we'll do a YouTube video, which next YouTube video is a boo-boo redo, which I will put on our Instagram when this comes out, the go, options. Go and vote. Go and vote. Go on. We've got some good options there. Yeah. Two, well, one we haven't even seen yet. Two. Two movies we haven't even seen, sorry, because it is a original and a remake and the other two we have seen. But anyway, as always... Hope you enjoy the rest of your day or night whenever you are listening to this (laughs) and we will catch you in the next episode. Bye.